Hey y'all, it's Billy and Christy, and you are listening to the 12 Days of Front Portsmouth 2021 edition, and welcome to the 11th day of Christmas, otherwise known as Christmas Eve. Yes. Unless you are actually following the real 12 <laughs> days of Christmas. The, the first day of Christmas actually is Christmas Day. Ah. Uh. And the 12th day is January 6th. But at that point, we'll probably already have our tree put up. <laughs> I was going to say, it's really stretching the holiday yes, for us. for all that. But, you know, I wonder where that came from. I haven't looked into that. Why does the 12, Why do the 12 days of Christmas start on Christmas Day mm. and then go? Because, you know, I've just always assumed that it ended on Christmas. Right. But last year, during the 12 days of Front Porchmas, we learned... That no, it starts on Christmas Day. I wonder if anything of that has to do with the fact that live trees oftentimes weren't brought in back in the day until Christmas Eve, and that's when they were decorated. Yeah, and it went from that. Yeah, you had made a comment early on that we kind of see it in those older movies that they do a lot of those Christmas trimming parties or Christmas trimming traditions in those older Christmas movies like on Christmas Eve and we realized well that's not really how we do it we usually start right after Thanksgiving the latest would probably be December 1st so that we get the most bang for our bucks so to, so to speak so right and this is going to come as a shock to our poor cheese but I have not seen a lot of Christmas movies Oh. Uh, but the ones I've seen mm-hmm. are even just regular t- older television shows that mm-hmm. have a Christmas uh, theme. Mm-hmm. Oftentimes there is that Christmas Eve gathering yeah. of friends and family to where they're decorating. And I thought all that was just made up for TV shows and movies well, when apparently yeah. it was a real thing. Yeah. I bet you've seen more than you're giving yourself credit for. But maybe like we don't typically count... I would count the Charlie Brown Christmas as a movie. I would count. Okay. See, I don't count that as a you movie. Don't. What do you count that as? A Christmas special. Oh. <laughs> All right. Well, there we go. But yes, I've seen a number of Christmas mm-hmm. things. And we, we watch some and some new ones and yeah. some on the streaming stuff. Yeah. Um, I don't watch Hallmark Christmas movies. That's okay. Uh, yeah, there's nothing wrong with watching them. <laughs> I just don't. Right. Although we have seen some streaming ones that feel like they should go on there. Very Hallmark-esque. Yes. Yes. Uh, So uh, we're fresh off of looking at uh, Christmas Likes, Mm -hmm. taking the tour of that. And uh, I think since it is Christmas Eve and there'll be a visitor this evening, Mm. if you've been good. (laughs) I think even if you've been naughty, you still get a visitor. You just don't get anything good yeah are you gonna tell that story because you've had that happen to you uh, (laughs) santa claus did not do me wrong grandma did grandma did me wrong (laughs) grandma did me wrong actually she did me right i guess in the long run so uh as we've talked about before we get into our discussion of a little bit about the history of santa claus so when i was a much younger version of myself (laughs) i would uh, guess what my presents were And, you know, I spent a lot of time at my grandparents' house and I would be down there and she would shop and she'd have things early and they'd go out under the tree. And uh, one day I pick up a box and I shake it and I tell her what it is. Mm -hmm. And I'm just kind of talking really. Mm -hmm. Although this maybe is a superpower of mine. And 
she she's like, no, that's not what it is. I said it was a watch. Okay. And she's telling me it's not a watch. Uh-huh. It's a watch. Uh-huh. Uh, so Christmas Day rolls around, or Christmas Eve. I don't remember what, what day it actually was. I think at this point it was still Christmas Day that we were doing it at, at Grandma's house. I open up this box, and it has been replaced with sticks and coal. Was it same wrapping paper, same box? Yes. Wow. Yeah. It was everything. Okay. Because she was mad that I guessed what the gift was. And then gave me the watch that the actual present was. <laughs> so I have actually received coal for Christmas Wait, from Grandma. Are you telling me that you used this so-called superpower in an inappropriate way? How is that inappropriate? That annoyed slash angered a family member. No, I mean, I was young, and I just guessed. If I if I can feel what it is, and I tell you this is what it is, that's what it is. Would you not maybe think time and place would be important? Not at that age. <laughs> not if at you're that not age. following me, uh, this is a conversation we have regularly with our daughter, right. and it's kind of cracking me up because I'm thinking, I could totally see our daughter doing this and not even getting why that's not appropriate. Yeah, but she doesn't guess gifts. Oh. <laughs> I do, and that's... That's where the similarity stops right yeah, there. Yeah, and it wasn't that hard of a guess. I'm not going to give the way, give out the way that I often know what things are. Okay. Because then that ruins the fun for you everybody. You open them and then you rewrap them. Yeah, yeah. That's it. That's what I do. <laughs> I have perfected the way of opening with uh, nobody being able to know. Yeah. It's proprietary information, but for the right price, I will sell that that to you. <laughs> Naughty, naughty. Yeah. So today I want to talk a little bit about Santa Claus, maybe how Santa Claus has changed uh, throughout history, because Santa Claus has not always been the jolly red suited, rounded, grandfatherly gift giver with reindeer that we we all seem to know and love. Yeah. Uh, Unless you get cold, then you probably don't love him. (laughs) But then that's on you because you've been naughty. Okay. Because he makes a list and he checks it twice to make sure that he's... Hasn't messed up. Mm. Probably should check it more than twice. Because <laughs> I should have been on the naughty list more than once. Mm. More than once. So Santa has evolved over time. Um, and different stories are about. There's one that uh, is inspired by 4th century Greek bishop, St. Nicholas of Myra, which would be modern day Turkey area. Mm-hmm. And St. Nicholas was renowned for his generosity and kindness. Uh, one of the most popular of his stories involves him anonymously, anonymously throwing dowry money into the house of three impoverished sisters and having it land in stockings that they had hung up to dry, which may be where we get the idea of hanging up stockings Mm -hmm. uh, from that. And some of the things that I read about St. Nicholas, who eventually becomes the patron saint of children. I also read another article related to St. Nicholas that said he was the patron of children and sailors. Mm. And I don't quite understand the connection between children and sailors. Me neither. Um, So I'm going to have to do some more digging in that in the off season. Hmm. And see what it is. But so he would give these gifts, but he is often said that he would pay the dowry for uh, young women so they would not have to uh, become prostitutes. 
Okay. Did we need to put a like some? We sort need of to a put a stamp? disclaimer. Okay. So sorry, sister-in-law Heather. If <laughs> your kids are listening now, you have to explain that. Uh, but that's that's just history. Um, so Saint Nicholas uh, became the patron of children, and his feast is, day is celebrated on December the sixth. Yeah, it certainly gives us some timing, gives us a sense of a couple of the traditions that we've held on to. And uh, it really doesn't take him all that long to become quite that popular, um, notor—I uh, notor- about said notarized, but— Notoriety? Yes, in Europe. He ends up becoming one of the most popular saints in Europe by the Renaissance. And so there's certainly this sense of we can understand how his legend became— something that we're still talking about in 2021. And we also have Sinterklaas. Yes. uh, In the Netherlands and in Belgium. And I've actually heard of Sinterklaas before looking into this a little bit for the 11th day of Front Portsmouth 2021, because we have uh, some friends that used to live in Belgium. Right. And they were there for a good number of years. Yes. And uh, I worked with uh, with her for a, well a good number of years, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. even here. And uh, she, when her kids still lived here when they were college age, would talk about still celebrating, uh, having to do things mm-hmm. with Santa Claus on whatever the day was. So I was a little bit familiar with that. Um, Saint Nicholas became Santa Claus in the Netherlands and Belgium, a skinny elderly man <laughs> with flowing white hair and a beard, mm-hmm. dressed in red, fur-trimmed robes with the miter of a bishop. Which you can certainly see kind of the beginnings of what we would go on to create in the image of Santa Claus. Yes, and uh, contrary to popular belief, the Coca-Cola company did not create Santa Claus. <laughs> now, some of the popular imagery comes from that, sure. but even they borrowed from other things yes. uh, related there. So in mid-November, Santa Claus arrives on steamboats on a steamboat from Spain okay. and parades through towns on an impossibly fast white horse who is capable of flight bearing a large red book with the names of all good little girls and boys and distributing candy and special ginger cookies. Well, could that be why St. Nicholas was the patron saint of sailors because he came in on a steamboat, which would imply water? Maybe. I think there was <laughs> something like else I, I read that didn't talk a little bit about maybe why the sailors, but I didn't. It didn't have the information that I was looking for in a hurry, mm. so I didn't I stick with that. Now, even though I knew about Cinder Claus, I don't ever remember Gail saying anything about coming in on a steamboat from right. Spain, having this impossibly <laughs> fast white horse right. uh, that could fly. Yeah. Uh, the night of St. Nicholas Eve, December 5th, Center Claus delivers presents flying from rooftop to rooftop, mm. going down the chimney to deposit presents in the shoes left by children's beds and taking the snacks left for his horse. Now, I I do remember that because Mm -hmm. Gail would talk about on December 5th, Mm. Santa Claus, and about putting things in her children's shoes. And we talked about when they lived in Belgium, Mm -hmm. that that's where they picked it up, and she continued that as long as her kids uh, still lived in the same town with her. I wonder if they've continued continued that because they have grandchildren now. I'm Surely, I wouldn't be surprised at all if they did, if that's something that her children have passed down to theirs. Oh, maybe. 
I kind of feel like, I mean, that would just be such a fun, sweet cultural tradition to, and plus then you got Santa Claus and Santa Claus. I know you get extra <laughs> presents and candy and stuff. It probably wouldn't be a lot of big stuff because right. it's got to be things you can fit in your, your shoes. Yeah. Unless you're Cooper and then, you, you have know. huge shoes yes. and you can get a lot of candy canes and uh, <laughs> gingerbread cookies. Uh, cowboy boots out or something. <laughs> oh, I like the way you think. Mm. Work in the system. <laughs> Father Christmas is the English personification of Christmas. Uh, now synonymous with Santa Claus, the folkloric roots of Father Christmas go back to at least the 16th century. A tall, bearded man clad in fur-trimmed robes, he embodies Christmas cheer. Associated with peace, joy, feasting, and revelry. I can't even say. It's a tough one. Revelry. There you go. Is that right? Yeah. Uh, Father Christmas brings presents to good children and punishes the bad ones. Ooh. ooh. Is that where horror movies from this time of year come from? (laughs) Maybe. You know, the others said they like left coal for the bad children here. He's been punished. (laughs) Yes. Uh, During the Victorian era, there was a resurgence of interest in Father Christmas. Mm. uh, And we probably know that best from Charles Dickens Hmm. as the ghost of Christmas present. I do love older images of Father Christmas. Just usually they're so beautiful. Um, Not, I, hmm. he's distinguished from Santa Claus because he is trim and neat and old. (laughs) I don't know. I'm not going to say any of that right. I better stop talking. Well, in looking up some things related to Santa Claus, I read that the the depictions of Santa have been all over the place. Yeah. Young, old, skinny, jolly, uh, (laughs) tall. One even said uh, that it was an elf, Mm. like was an elfin type creature. And actually, one of the things that I read from uh, the Coca-Cola company, and I'm not sure... Uh, which website of the Coca-Cola company it was. Okay. Because they have sites for different countries, oh. and they have a little bit different questions and yeah. answers on there. It referred to going back in time as Sprite okay. or Elf. Yeah. And this was before they had the drink Sprite. Oh. So when you, I, that came a number of years later. Okay. So when you're drinking Sprite, are you really <laughs> drinking Elf water? Ooh, no, stop. No. I, I, that's a legit question. But you know, a night before, uh, what's, what's now suddenly, I can't think of the name of the book, but that talks about um, the jolly old elf. Um, the night. Twice the night before twice Christmas. Twice the night before Christmas. I thought night before Christmas sounds bad. That's not right. It sounds like a horror movie. I know. <laughs> Slasher movie. Uh, New Yorkers embracing their Dutch roots started popularizing stories of Santa Claus an Americanization of Santa Claus in the early 1800s. Now, I read somewhere, and again, I've read about 15 (laughs) different things trying to to get this down. We should have made written out notes to follow for this this episode. So we're only touching the surface, folks. Don't get mad at us for that. But it suggested that because of the New Yorkers going back to their Dutch roots with the idea of Santa Claus, that may be where we get the name Santa Claus. Mm. Because they may have been saying it with their New York accent to where it sounded more like Santa Claus instead of Santa Claus. (laughs) Yes, but you don't like people making fun of your accent. Suddenly, I kind of feel bad about it. Well, I mean, that's what it sounded like. Yeah. I don't think anybody was making fun of it. That's just how they what they understood they were saying. Okay. uh, With that. Let's see. Where are we here? Washington Irving's uh, 
Satirical, Knickerbocker's History of New York, published in 1809, mentions Santa Claus numerous times, reflecting on Santa's growing popularity with the public. Uh, we start to see in uh, 1821 an illustrated poem that shows a description of Santa Claus using reindeer-drawn sleigh mm. to deliver presents mm-hmm. on Christmas Eve. Uh, a couple of years later, we have the current conception of Santa Claus as the jolly old elf, uh, which was popularized by Clement Clark Moore's now famous poem, A Visit from St. Nicholas, mm. otherwise known as... Twas the Night Before Christmas. Twas the Night Before Christmas. I you love, are correct. I love that that poem really gives us a lot of the imagery that we know. You've mentioned the jolly old elf. It's It kind of popularizes the idea of the chimney and the sleigh flying around house to house, leaving gifts. And, and that's really intriguing that we can actually go back to a particular written piece of history and say this is where these items really become kind of cornerstone to our understanding of Santa Claus today. Yes, and looking at the time periods about how Santa Claus differs mm. in the depictions of that. So depictions of Santa uh, vary over time. Uh, there's a black and white illustration from an 1898 book, Gymnastic Stories and Plays for Primary Schools, Physical Exercises for the First Two Years of School. And in this uh, drawing that they have that's in that book, it shows Santa. It's the opposite of more Santa. So more Santa is a belly, is a has a belly that jiggles like a bowl full of jelly. Mm-hmm. Well, in this particular book, the drawing it has, Santa is fit because <laughs> he, has, he gets a workout from hauling presents oh, around well, sure. and climbing in and out of chimneys. Sure. But does Santa really climb in and out of chimneys, or is it like a magic thing? Is it like Santa does he uses? Yeah, I don't know. Proprietary secrets of Santa. Well, I was going to say, depending on what movie you watch, which I remember being a little bit confusing when the kids were little. Like, what's our story about Santa, and how do we keep that? And then we never have had a chimney while we've had kids. And I didn't have a chimney growing up either, Mm. ever. And so are we just telling them the story that he comes in the back door? <laughs> He's got a key. We live we we get up and we live in a lock for him. Yeah. He locks it when he leaves. Which really brings an extra level of creep to it, I think. Yeah, but. I always wondered about that growing up too. Because how did Santa get in my house? Yeah. Uh, because we didn't have a chimney. He couldn't magically come down right. that. And we all know Santa's not coming into my house uninvited. Right. <laughs> so I think he, Santa it's and my magic. dad had a, had a deal worked out or it is, is complete magic. Yeah. And, but, you know, there are some of those movies, too, yeah. that, oh, this house doesn't have a chimney. There's some Santa dust or something. And miraculously, there's a chimney there. Santa yes. goes down it. And leaves the presents, and he goes up it, and the chimney disappears. So that may have been yeah. what occurred in my house. Yeah, that's the Tim Allen, the Santa Claus. He does that. And and that seemed to work better. But really, when you are watching all those movies with your kids, and the story shifts just a little bit, and, you know, kids are believing what they see, and I'm thinking, oh, oh, no, what, what do I say? <laughs> what part of this story are we going with? I don't know. And and also the colors of Santa have changed over time. 
looking at like early 1900s to 1900, 1909 type thing, there was a greeting card that illustrates Santa's costume that it had not been standardized at this point. His coat is red, but he's wearing a furry green hat with ear flaps. Oh. <laughs> not the iconic pointed red cap. Okay. With that. Okay. Uh, the switch he's holding and the crying child that are illustrated in this uh, <laughs> greeting card uh-huh. um, are evidence of his association with the punishments of bad children, something mm. that modern depictions of Santa Claus gloss over. Mm. And I don't know uh, if I've ever seen that picture before. I haven't. And... Um, I'm Probably some copyright issues it. for us to post it. I'll I'll see if we can do that. Okay. Uh, with that, but it is really this skinny bearded Santa Claus yeah. holding uh, some switches, Creepy. and there's this kid that he's like scolding for being naughty. Yeah. Uh, you know, we get into the cheeky Santa, the colorful ones with that that uh, may have been satirical when they were first drawn. With the trim, fur, fur trimmed hat, uh, starting to be a little bit more jolly with that. Um. Well, if you look at Santa Claus around the world, you've mentioned a couple of them. You talked about Father Christmas in England, but you've also got, I'm going to give it a shot. There's uh, a figure, an elf in Scandinavia called Jolto. Joel Tom Ten. Joel Tom Ten. That sounds correct to me. Okay, we're going with it. Um, They've got him. uh, You've got uh, Pierre Noel in France. In Italy, it's a woman. Uh, La Bafana, probably, maybe. Uh, But she's a nice witch who rides a broomstick down chimneys in Italian homes to deliver toys into stockings of lovely children. children. So there's kind of these interesting threads that go throughout the story, but then there's these strange, unique variations country to country. And what I can't quite tell is, are these traditions that are still held today are we have we a little bit more universalized the conversation about santa claus probably not uh, especially given uh, our friend that lived in belgium for so long that there's still just a different view but i think it's interesting you mentioned their their practice of december 6th and we hold tight to the 25th so right i think and that would be something, uh, maybe sometime we'll do a history podcast or series and look at why some of these things are a little bit different. Because I'm sure there's a reason mm. why Santa Claus is December celebrated, or St. Nicholas is celebrated on December 6th. Mm-hmm. That may have been the day of his death. It, uh, I did see I that I think somewhere. that's what it is, and so that's when they celebrate. Yeah, and uh, it was that. a popular day for weddings. <laughs> did you see that when you were looking at that stuff? There was something else that I saw that was kind of weird for it. Yeah. And I don't really remember. The whole <laughs> idea, too, about uh, this uh, present giver being a nice witch who rides a broom down chimneys. <laughs> That's new to me. Yes, and I, I don't, I, if your children are listening, I'm really sorry, because that would freak out my kids, especially if they were of the age, to be paying attention to yes. Santa Claus stuff. So uh, Norman Rockwell's 1920 picture of Santa cements the red outfit and jolly, pleasantly plump physique associated with Santa Claus and, and the popular imagination. Well, and then the 1934 Christmas song, Santa Claus is Coming to Town, that really gives us an image while it's not painted. You've got the whole story in a short little song in terms of uh, knowing naughty or nice, he's coming to town, you know, those sort of things. I remember singing that song to the kids. (laughs) 
Like when they were being naughty, I would sing to them as far as uh, he's making a list, checking it twice, going to find out who's naughty or nice. He knows if you've been good or bad. Like, I definitely remember singing that to the kids. And did it work? Probably not. But maybe. Maybe just maybe a little. I I tried. (laughs) Well, that's all you can do. Right. Is is try a little bit in those type of situations. Well, you and I talk a lot about commercialization and something that you and I both tripped on was a, the, um, the, Oh gosh, I about said Red Cross. Is that what I want to say? Salvation Army. Salvation Army, yes. Uh, and they were using Santa Claus to basically help them raise money to feed people, which, okay, that makes a whole lot of sense. We still see bell ringers today. Sometimes they're dressed as Santa Claus. Sometimes yeah, they aren't. Now that you mentioned that, when I was younger... I think pretty much every time I saw a bell ringer, they were dressed as Santa Claus. And I don't know that I see that nearly as often now. No, I don't. Certainly not in our town. And then I was interested to see kind of when did we really see Santa Claus coming to the shopping mall because we don't live near a shopping mall. And so our kids getting their picture taking with Santa Claus was not really something that we did a lot of growing up. But it's something that's been going on for quite some time in terms of the idea of uh, let's take our kids. Let's go see it. Uh, let's go see Santa Claus. And apparently, that really started in the twenties with Macy's, of course, uh, where they started to make sure that people could come and see Santa Claus. And that, of course, started in New York City. And people would line up around town to get into Macy's to see Santa Claus. And again, that's sort of an interesting little moment in history in terms of the popularization of this image of Santa Claus. Well, also in the nineteen twenties, you have coca-cola company using santa claus in their advertisements mm. uh so there that could the uh coinciding of those two things may have helped mm. as well oh sure and yes. again you know santa for a long time i heard you know that coca-cola invented santa claus <laughs> well that's not true right but some of the modern imagery they expounded on but again they started off with it was the night before christmas right. with that but in the 1920s starting to advertise and using Santa Claus, and the guy that painted it uh, used a real person. Mm. There was a retired salesman, and he would paint him as the model for Santa Claus, and when that individual died, he became the model. So he would paint from a mirror. Oh. And what I read is that people paid so much attention to these advertisements featuring Santa Claus mm-hmm. that if any little thing changed, they oh. wrote to the Coca-Cola company <laughs> letting them know and asking about it. Like one year, his belt was backwards. Oh. <laughs> and, you know, one of the things I read said it's probably because the guy was painting from a mirror. Oh, well, yeah. From that. And then later on, he switched to painting from pictures type things. <laughs> well, there you but, go. <laughs> um, that, that was interesting to me. That yeah. People are very devoted to it. And I don't know that I, I see a lot of the print ads. Mm. You know, we look back at some of the older ones and you'll mm-hmm. see them pop up online occasionally or in an antique store. Mm-hmm. But I do still, I mean, I'm not that old, but <laughs> I remember that kind of being a big thing. A big thing. Mm-hmm. What was the Coca-Cola print advertisement featuring Santa going to be? Mm. It really was always so beautiful. And I think really, as I look back on my childhood, I do think the Coca-Cola Santa. And then we owned a copy of a book uh, uh, Twas the Night Before Christmas that had, of course, a lot of these images in it that for me, really, that, that was Santa Claus. 
uh, either Coca-Cola or the Twas the Night Before Christmas depiction of him. Those were, that was my image of Santa Claus. Yeah, and some people that I read think that Santa's outfit is red and white mm-hmm. because Coca-Cola's colors are red oh, and white. And I'm okay. like, no, that has nothing to do with it. <laughs> Again, folks, Coca-Cola didn't invent Santa Claus. No, and red seems to be a theme from the earliest days of some version of Santa Claus. And then the fur makes sense just in terms of the cold and, uh, of course, the belt to keep that overcoat closed. So I think in a lot of ways it makes a lot of sense, but... Yeah, I don't, no, I don't blame Santa uh, Santa Claus having a red coat on Coca-Cola. Not this time, anyway. What What about uh, Santa Claus having flying reindeer? Do well, you know anything about that? Because I sure don't. Well, I know just a little bit. Did you grow up watching the claymation version of Rudolph? Um, yes. Yeah, I did too. And again, that's another one of those things that it kind of makes me a little bit sad that our kids don't quite have the affinity for those things. They probably don't have quite the... Uh, familiarity or interest in it no and i found it somewhere a couple of a week or so ago that it's streaming i oh, think that we okay. could watch it and i thought they're not going to want to do this no because even I when it used to come on tv mm-hmm. we would try to yes. and they were not interested no. and i'm like this was such a big thing yes yes that was my christmas we couldn't uh record it in any way no. we had to catch it when it was yep. on yep that you planned your yes. your week around that yes. or your weekend or whenever that and charlie brown christmas and then i always watched frosty that uh, that claymation version of Frosty the Snowman. Do okay. you remember that one? No, I don't remember a claymation version of it. Yeah. I remember a cartoon okay. of it, and we've watched that with the kids. Yes. And, and they, they seem to enjoy yeah. that a little bit sort better of. than yeah. the claymation <laughs> stuff. But as far as the reindeer go, we do know that the original eight were added to with the story Rudolph, and uh, that was all kind of these newer conceptualizations. What I found was that... Um, Rudolph came about 100 years after the original eight. And in 1939, we found that uh, Robert L. May, he was a copywriter for Montgomery Ward Department Store, which makes sense way back then that they would have had a copywriter. He wrote a story slash poem to talk about holiday traffic in Montgomery Ward, which was a department store. And how many people, I was about to say, how many people don't know, that listen, don't know what a Montgomery Ward is, or have never been to one? I remember going to one. I... I if my best remembrance of it was it was closed the first time I would have been old enough to remember going but there was a Montgomery Ward in my hometown and I remember my mom pointing it out and saying that was an old Montgomery Ward which is super weird to me that I remember it other than I grew up in Montgomery Alabama and in my head I thought oh it's named after our town which obviously was not the case but Mm. I was a kid and I didn't know any better but the story that he told he used a similar pattern uh, based on Moore's Twas the Night Before Christmas and he told the story of Rudolph the young reindeer teased by other deer because of his large glowing red nose and then he ended up being kind of the savior of Christmas Christmas Eve when it's a foggy night and Santa can't get through the fog or was worried he couldn't and now Rudolph is given the opportunity and his once liability turns into an asset and he's this great big popular reindeer now that's my story and I'm sticking to it yeah well good thing did I ever did you know that I have worked with reindeer before no did you did you really not I I think you might should have but you may not have been paying attention (laughs) Yeah, uh, so I might have been Coop's age, okay. maybe a little bit younger or something, but my dad 
knew a guy or had a friend uh-huh. and um, who had reindeer uh-huh. and during the Christmas season would take them places uh, for people to see, for to pet. Maybe there was uh, Santa set up there. And I think maybe he just needed some help one morning. Okay. So daddy and I went. Okay. And, and helped, helped with this. Just just be Rainbow around, Ranger. I guess. Okay. I don't remember much about it. The only thing I remember is really being there and uh, reindeer everywhere. And, and me with the guy, you know, they were, I think they might have been attached to a sleigh that had a Santa Aww. in it. But at one point, I remember my dad and I going to the store mm-hmm. and buying bananas. I need some more snacks for the reindeer. <laughs> and uh, at that time, there was no self-checkout. Okay. Uh, and the lady that was checking <laughs> us out was very confused uh-huh. why we were buying so many uh, bananas. Uh-huh. I mean, we may have bought them out. I don't remember yeah. that much, but it was a lot of bananas. Hmm. And I can't remember if she asked or if my dad just volunteered. Okay. And he said, you wouldn't believe us if we told you. <laughs> Which you're so. actually get, giving us a pretty good impression of your dad. There's only but, like a handful of listeners that will know that, but that was a pretty good impression well, of him. Yeah. So I remember enough about that and it was a good time. That's where our, my dad and I had matching racing jackets came from okay. with our name on it okay. that now he's given to me to give to the kids because neither one of us can fit in them anymore. right <laughs> that's where those came from because okay. the guy had another business that did okay. some things of that nature all right well maybe i do feel like there's part of that story that sounds familiar but as far as like you, the overall i, I don't, yeah you may have never heard the whole story yeah but, i don't yeah I, don't know so, that I, I mean that was a, a fun you. time yeah interesting yeah well, look at that. So, yeah, I found I did find the uh, information about Santa Claus and uh, Coke and Sprite. In 1942, Santa Claus got a new friend. Oh. So in 1942, Coca-Cola introduced, quote, Sprite Boy, <laughs> a character who appeared with Santa Claus and Coca-Cola advertising throughout the 1940s and in the 1950s. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sprite Boy was created by the same guy that did the paintings okay. of Santa Claus early on for Coke. Got his name due to the fact that he was a Sprite. Okay. Or an elf. Uh-huh. And Coke didn't introduce Sprite until the 1960s. Interesting. So I still wonder, are you drinking elf water? Or, <laughs> you know, if you drink a lot of Sprite, it turns you into an elf. I don't know. And why do we not know about this? You know what I mean? Like, do you know what Sprite looks like? Sprite boy, I guess I should say. I do not. I, I'll have to see if I can. It doesn't even sound familiar to me. No, so. I have never heard of that either. And this is like from the Australian Coca-Cola website. Hmm. Okay. I Very think. interesting. Yeah. Hmm. Santa. I wonder if he'll come by our house. I hope so. I do too. I've been a very good boy this year. I feel like we have been uh, relatively good that hopefully you'll overlook. That's a good good phrase. There we go. Depending on who's looking inside, hopefully he will see all the good. And I sure do hope that he sees all the good and everybody else that's listening as well. Because I think our porchies are on the good list. They Most of them. Most of them. There's like two of them that oh. I know personally. <laughs> And I'm not talking about our kids, oh. but that we know from real life, uh-huh. not just podcast slash internet life. Uh-huh. And they're naughty. Mm. Yeah. Okay. So Santa's got you on. He's watching <laughs> you. You may be able to, you may be borderline this year. Okay. But he's watching you. Okay. Well, let's do something since today is the 11th day of uh, Front Porchmas. Mm-hmm. 
2021. Mm-hmm. I keep saying it that way so people aren't confused from listening to last year's. Oh, okay. Uh, and it's Christmas Eve. Yeah. I got a treat for you. I didn't even tell you I was going to do this. Tell me. So um, I'm hoping that maybe this is public domain. Oh, boy. If not, somebody's probably going to take the episode down. Okay. Don't rat us out. We'll get our lawyers on it. We know a few of them. <laughs> Some of them are really good, too. Mm. <laughs> All right. So I just want to tell you this little story real quick. Okay, tell me. It was the night before Christmas when all through the house, not a creature was stirring, not even a mouse. The stockings were hung by the chimney with care in hopes that St. Nicholas would soon be there. The children were nestled all snug in their beds while visions of sugar plums danced in their heads. And Mama in her kerchief and I in my cap had just settled our brains for a long winter's nap. When out on the line there arose such a clatter, I sprang from my bed to see what was the matter. Away to the window I flew like a flash, tore open the shutters and threw up the sash. The moon on the breast of the new-fallen snow gave a luster of midday to objects below. When what to my wondering eyes did appear but a miniature sleigh and eight tiny reindeer. With a little old driver so lively and quick, I knew in a moment he must be St. Nick. More rapid than eagles, his coursers they came, and he whistled and shouted and called them by name. Now Dasher, now Dancer, now Prancer and Vixen, on Comet, on Cupid, on Donner and Blitzen, to the top of the porch, to the top of the wall, now dash away, dash away, dash away all. As leaves that before the wild hurricane fly, when they meet with an obstacle, mount to the sky. So up on the housetop, the courses they flew, with the sleigh full of toys, and St. Nicholas too. And then, in a twinkling, I heard on the roof the prancing and pawing of each little hoof. As I drew in my head and was turning around, down the chimney St. Nicholas came with a bound. He was dressed all in fur from his head to his foot, and his clothes were all tarnished with ashes and soot. A bundle of toys he had flung on his back, and he looked like a peddler just opening his pack. His eyes, how they twinkled, his dimples, how merry. His cheeks were like roses, his nose like a cherry. His droll little mouth was drawn up like a bow, and the beard on his chin was white as the snow. The stump of a pipe he held tight in his teeth, and the smoke, it encircled his head like a wreath. He had a broad face and a little round belly that shook when he laughed like a bowl full of jelly. He was chubby and plump, a right jolly old elf, and I laughed when I saw him, in spite of myself. A wink of his eye and a twist of his head soon gave me to know I had nothing to dread. He spoke not a word, but went straight to his work, and filled all the stockings, and turned with a jerk, and laying his finger aside his nose, and giving a nod up the chimney he rose. He sprang to his sleigh, to his team gave a whistle, and away they all flew like the dawn of a thistle. But I heard him exclaim, ere he drove out of sight, Happy Christmas to all, and to all a good night. Aww. There you go. That's the first and probably last dramatic reading 
<laughs> which was not very dramatic. But I do have some questions about this, and, and let's make them sort of quick. <laughs> um, until we started talking about this, and I've heard this sto- or story and I've read it. We've been part of a production that, that read it for some different things. Um, tiny sleigh and tiny reindeer. Yeah. I don't know that I've really ever caught that before. It was mentioned in uh, the history.com article I was reading. Right. When I read that earlier, too, I remember seeing that. Yeah. But so, so is that how Santa gets around the world so quick that he uh, miniaturizes himself and his sleigh <laughs> and his magic. reindeer so he can fly so quickly? Magic. Yeah. That's, that's really interesting, isn't it? It is. Yeah. It's, it's interesting. There was even a line there, and I, I meant to like make a note or something that I don't remember that line before. And like you said, we've been a part of a dramatic reading or whatever before. And of course I read my part. That's all I read. (laughs) Yeah. You read your couple of lines and moved on. Yeah. I get it. But that there was one line in there. I was like, I don't remember that one at all. And I grew up reading it every Christmas, the the book with all the pictures in it. So I don't know why (laughs) it's not sticking with me. Here's another line that stuck stuck out that, um, (laughs) What's the word? Stuck out to me. Yeah. Stuck. Stuck. Um, chubby, plump, bright old elf. Where did it go? I just lost. Oh, the stump of his pipe he held tight in his teeth. In the smoke, it encircled his head like a wreath. So okay. Santa used to smoke? Yeah. I probably would have to be written out today, right? Yeah. Probably. Yeah. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, that's fine. <laughs> no, you it really is. You, Santa. Yeah. I just thought that was weird. I've never thought that before. Yeah. And I don't know that I've have I ever seen a picture of Santa with a pipe? I, I haven't, but it was in the book. Okay. I'll have to see if I can find a version of it. Well, and then here, he also, he puts, when, when it's time to go up the chimney, he puts his finger to the side of his nose. Yeah. And he's like, give it a little, like, bewitched Tabitha. Does he give it a little That is totally how I pictured that, it. But, but I also he, loved bewitched. But he can't make it do it on its own, so he has to use his finger. I don't know. Maybe it's his calling card to the uh, reindeer to be ready. Maybe it miniaturizes him when he touches his nose. Which may explain how he can get up and down chimneys. Mm, I think we just solved the Santa problem. We may have. The Look Santa paradox. Oh, we're so good. So, what about Mrs. Claus? Well, she was kind of a new illustration. I, I was going to say creation, and that's not really what I mean to say. But she definitely came along a lot further down the road, so to speak. Uh, what I found was that one belonged to Harper's Weekly, Thomas Nast. He drew it based on Moore's poem that you just read. He was a political, cartoon, uh, political cartoonist who basically took it up a notch. And he's the one that gave Santa... His wife, uh, the elves, the workshop, and Mrs. Claus. So, which again, it's so cool that we can look back at a point. Because in my head, I'm thinking, oh yeah, I would totally expect to see Mrs. Claus in something. But you know, the first time that happened, there had to be some some readers or some observers going, wait, who is this? What's this all about? <laughs> right. So, I yeah, it's really intriguing that we've got so much information that gives us really a good timeline of Santa. Well, and does she have a name? Mrs. Claus. That's it? Because, I mean, you have, like, I don't understand, and we're not going to go into it because the, the front porch uh series are supposed to be short. Yeah, we have not done that yet, have we? No, not at all this year. Uh, but we Santa Claus, St. Nick, uh-huh. Chris Kringle. Yep. I've never understood the Chris Kringle and Santa Claus connection. Mm. How, how do you jump across one of those type yeah, of yeah, things? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I don't. 
I've never heard a name for Mrs. Claus other than Mrs. Claus. Well, I was going to look it up really quick because we really Maybe. enjoyed Christmas Chronicles. Mm. Um, and I was curious if they gave her a name in that one because Goldie mm. Hawn played her. It says Mrs. Claus. Okay. So maybe, maybe that's, that's all it. she's ever yep. known as. Yep. Sugar pie honey bunch. <laughs> so crazy. Hmm. What would her name be? Mrs. Claus. Well, what was <clears throat> it in? Think about some of those later versions of the Santa Claus with Tim Allen. He ends up marrying a woman and turns her into <laughs> Mrs. Uh, Claus. <laughs> Do you know what I'm talking about? Do you remember that? Yes, but. Her name could have changed and oh, not been her, her name because yes. didn't his name change? Yes. Yes. Because that's what happens when Santa Claus falls off your roof and gets hurt and can no longer be Santa Claus. You turn into Santa Claus. Well, her name, her human name was Carol, which by the way, that kind of works for Christmas me. Christmas Carol. Yes. I get it. Yes. I get it. So she is Mrs. Claus slash Carol in that movie. And I feel like that sort of works as far as if she were, if we were going to give Mrs. Claus a name, Carol Claus. I kind of like it. <laughs> so for any of you that have uh, listened to this full episode related to Santa Claus and you know what Mrs. Claus' name is, because we're not we're tired of looking things up for well, tonight. Yeah. Um, so, uh, or if you don't, what do you think Mrs. Claus' name should be? Yeah, we want to know. What's What's the old phrase? Inquiring minds. Inquiring minds want, want to, to know, know from Was the National from, Enquirer. Yeah, 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 yeah. Back then, they used to have commercials for the National Enquirer. That is, that's really dating us. Because yes. I don't think I've seen one of those in forever. But yeah, I want to know if you either have heard it or if you have an opinion on what it should be. And what's your favorite depiction of Santa Claus? <gasps> yes. I kind of like him as, as the skinny, old, crotchety man <laughs> that has the long beard. and Like Father Christmas? Maybe. Okay. Because he seems a little rough around the edges. Oh. <laughs> you know, I, I do like the jolly... Oh, yeah. Saint Nick that I've I've grown mm. up with, but it's we've talked through these things yeah. tonight, this morning, today, whenever you're listening, because <laughs> we actually record these while you're listening. It's in real time. Yes, yes. So yeah. <laughs> uh, well, anything else you'd like to add about Saint Nicholas? And then I got one thing I'd like to say before we leave. No, but I do. I truly love uh, Santa Claus, and I love the history of it, of course. So no, I I think this was a lot of fun. Yes. No, it was. <laughs> was that a little awkward of an ending? Yes, a little bit for when me. When you do the yes like that, I'm like, oh, oh no. Like you caught me off off guard that I expected you to say to continue talking a little <laughs> bit. So I have the past several days been listening to Christmas music. Uh-huh. I do. I actually like Christmas you music. Do. In the right time In the place. right time frame, <laughs> in the right places. Yes, I do love Christmas music. And I have been listening to a streaming station and it's a... A rock, punk, metal Christmas (laughs) station. Yes. Um, And there have been like some very hardcore, (laughs) guttural throat singing type Uh Christmas carols. Uh Uh-huh. And uh, I would do some... I would sing you a few of them, but I would like to say my voice because I got some other things I need it for today. I was going to say it's going to ruin you for Christmas. (laughs) That's a good one. Yes, a good one. So I do not think I've ever heard a song by Reliant K before today. Okay. Yeah, I was doing some uh, work in Santa's workshop. Mm -hmm. I I literally was. Okay. 
and they have a version of the 12 Days of Christmas. Okay. And I'm listening to it, and I thought, oh, this sounds a lot like Simple Plan. Okay. Uh, do you remember them? They did the Scooby-Doo yeah. theme song for that oh, new one. Oh, okay. Uh, for the new cartoon. So I thought, oh, this is maybe Simple Plan, and it wasn't Simple Plan, because I had to stop and pull out the phone so I could see who it was. So they get through, uh, you know, like the first five days of Christmas, and I hear this line that says, what's a partridge and what's a pear tree? <laughs> well, I don't know, so please don't ask me, <laughs> but I can bet those are terrible gifts to give. Oh, they are so right. And I thought, yes, we talked about that last yes. year. Yes. Why did we not know this song last year? Well, who was Reliant K? Are they a Christian group? I think so. Okay. Yeah. They, I'm not sure if they're still around or not. Yeah. The name I've sounds very them, familiar. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know that I've really heard any of their songs until, until okay. today. But All that right. that's a great little- I need to listen to that one. What's a partridge and what's a pear tree? Well, I don't know. So please don't ask me, but I can bet those are terrible gifts to give. I would agree. Unless well you done. like pears. Oh, true. And you like pears. I do like pears. Okay. And I think they uh, pair well with <laughs> um, with birds. Oh. <laughs> but I don't really know that partridges are good to eat. But if you want to know those stories, you need to go back to last year and listen to those. Yes, please. Well, we will be back with you tomorrow. Yes. For Christmas Day. Yeah. And I can't wait. Me neither. So why don't you tell people real quick how they can send us that information about what they think uh, Mrs. Claus' name should be and what their favorite version of Santa is. Okay. We'd love to hear from you. We are the Front Porch Sessions podcast on Instagram. There you can find us. Go ahead and uh, follow us there. You can check us out in our stories and in our feed. We often post some polls and you can follow our adventures on and off the porch there on Instagram, the Front Porch Sessions podcast. It's also a great way to communicate with us. You can send us a direct message through Instagram at once again the Front Porch Sessions podcast and I think it's time that we go put on our Christmas pajamas and get ready for Christmas morning okay so until tomorrow morning we know you guys are going to be up at like 4 (laughs) 30 it'll be there you can go ahead and listen to it with your cup of coffee before everybody gets up we'll make sure it's a little bit shorter so we don't interrupt your Christmas present are you making a promise shorter Yes, (laughs) Yes, <laughs> it's all relative, babe. There we go. But until tomorrow, which is Christmas, and I am so excited, I've been Father Christmas. Oh, and I've been Mrs. Claus. And we will see you tomorrow. See ya.